Actually, you the underground king. That's your dude, man. <laughs> That's a new one. We we'll introduce, introduce our guest, man. Yeah, we got a special one today. We got cover of the reader, Kenzie, in here. <laughs> our boy, Roy Kenzie, man. Thank you for coming through and spending man, time with us. Of course, it's nothing. You already know. Hell yeah. We talked a little bit before about how you, how you holding up during this uh, pandemic. <laughs> All over the place. Um, you know, it's I'm maintaining, and uh, it's really interesting to... Uh, experience so many different feelings to be you know so with yourself but growth is growth and and everything is everything so um, I've learned a ton about myself and kept working but also found you know that my worth wasn't attached to my productivity and right so mm-hmm. I think really trying to figure out uh worth and and all that stuff a lot of the stuff that i talk about on, on my album you know shameless plug already ain't this nigga <laughs> ain't been uh <laughs> five minutes <laughs> and i'm already talking about my album but those are the things that you know like when i make an album i make um i i'm talking about what i'm like moving through and that that was one of the things is really like understanding myself when the world is 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 shutting down like like who do you think you are Mm-hmm. Right when you can't go out and do the show and make all the things and like, and I'm pretty self-aware anyway, right? So it it wasn't a trick or anything, but um, I really think just understanding myself in that way kind of was eye-opening. It gave everybody a lot of time to get inside your mind and see how you really feel about a lot of things. Absolutely, that downtime. Did you see? Did you experience or or see people? getting down on themselves for feeling like they're not being productive enough during the quarantine? Oh my God, yeah, of course. I think that was a skewed way to like perceive what was going on. Like well, I need to be doing all these things when really you just need yeah. to be doing what makes you happy, what is fulfilling you. Yeah, I mean, we're still going through it, right? But we were even told that. Like there are influencers, uh, there's people on Instagram, on Twitter, and, and first week or two, they like, if you don't come out of this with a new skill, Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, and you and you begin to internalize that, you know, that's just American society. Society is telling us all the time that we need to be moving, that we need to be producing, that we need to be like doing a thing. And you can you can learn a lot from sitting the fuck down. Hell you know yeah. what I mean? You can really just sit down and be like, oh, Oh, that's how I want to move. That's how I was, you know, like Uh, that's that that's the biggest thing. Uh, We're so used to to moving and and running, you know, this rat race that we don't have very many opportunities to know ourselves, I don't think. And so this was a I think this was uh, great timing for 
for all of us to evolve, which is what I feel like led mm -hmm. to everything that happened when it came to these uprisings and people like demonstrating in the streets. Everybody kind of was growing in understanding life and connection and um, that we're that we're really we need each other, right? Like that hashtag all in this together. Like I didn't understand this shit at first when it first came out. I'm like, that's corny. Like, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> and then, and then I and then I understood it. I really did understand the cliche thing that everybody is always talking about, which is like we're we're all connected and that we need each other and that we're here not necessarily to just be like getting shit. You know, we're probably we're here to be serving people. We're here to be doing a thing. Um, and like helping people along and bettering society. And that was one of the things you like, it ain't all about what you can get. You should be trying to like surrender and release some shit actually. These, uh, the, the pandemic and then the, like you just talked about the riots and all the things going on, it really didn't leave a whole lot of room for materialism. It made you kind of step outside that and start to think what else is important for sure. Thanks. Hell yeah. You already touched on like your self-awareness because like I was listening to your music and I'm just like, yeah, this nigga really know himself for real. And I know mm. that's not something to just come that take take time. How do you speak to a little bit on that? How like you uh, how you start learning yourself and about yourself and shit? Mm. I, you know, I'm going to just jump in to a point, I think. I don't know mm. when it began or when it, you know, I'm. My first, my first years, I was the only child. Uh, and so I think that I always really had this uh, imagination, this imaginative spirit, right? Where, where I, and this conversation with myself and with, you know, like, so mm -hmm. I, I think that's kind of where it came from. And then, um, and then, you know, just being of, like being from a black queer culture and understanding and understanding, uh, I don't know that, man, I don't, I don't <laughs> even know. I don't even know because it's, because my realities have changed so much in the last, <laughs> in the last three months that, uh -huh. that it's, it's strange and it happens in a lot of ways. So it happens through my music, right? It happens through me truth telling, but it also ha happens with me uh, wanting to know more about my family. You know, there's a lot of things to, uh, for me to heal from that is a thing that is ever present in my music is like a healing i am uh. i am not just rapping to rap i am rapping for mobility i am rapping to like be accepted i am rapping to say the thing that i didn't say in the moment when i should have said it right uh -huh. so it's kind of like a latent clapback you know like <laughs> vindictive <laughs> as fuck like you, you still on that you know it's like it's a combination of so many things uh so, you know, I, I'm thinking about genealogy tests that I got to know my family and to be able to make the album Blackie. I'm thinking about the histories and being a librarian, you know, like that's directly linked into it. Uh, when I felt like I didn't know myself very well, I needed to find examples of people who had done it successfully. Mm -hmm. And so that was really interesting. Uh, and an important part of my growing up and my coming of age was like just being in a librarian. And so, you know, all of that helped me to know myself and to be what I needed, right? Because I'm, I'm always looking kind of for the void and I'm always like trying to get in where I, like get in where I fit. Um, 
because it's not just me. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll kind of mm-hmm. like leave it there. Was there for a, now? Was there an yeah. event that happened that kind of like spun it spun it off? Because if you look back at the music from Blackie forward, I feel like it's a lot more prevalent in the music. You being more tapped into your like self conscious, speaking on issues uh, more in depth than you were speaking before in the music and the older music. Yeah. So did something happen to kind of spark that where you're like, fuck it, I'm making this music really like more, more conscientiously about things I want to talk about uh-huh. instead of just making a rap song. Sure. Um, yeah, I was in school. I was, you know, I was, I was so much. Oh, my God. So I was uh, finishing school, finishing my master's in librarian information science and uh, kind of had put myself back into this like academic field where you know academia could be real white sometimes and that's but I didn't realize it until I was out Mm -hmm. out of it and then Mike Brown and uh Mike Brown gets killed and I'm listening and uh Mike Brown and Trayvon get killed and uh I'm listening for a conviction on my way home and it was a long long ride home about 45 minutes and I'm listening to it and it was just like the somberest ride home and then I didn't hear it very much I didn't hear it very much in hip hop right I didn't hear mm-hmm. a lot of I don't know I've seen it in hip hop culture I guess but not as much as I needed to I felt uh, like I no, felt I like you. yo like wh- why isn't anybody talking about this mm-hmm. so so between that and thinking about how black folks populated cities like Chicago and Oakland and you know Boston and just all these big cities and brought their culture but it wasn't in hip hop right but we did we, so the great migration is missing from hip hop and that was the thing that confused me and then my grandmother passed away and so I'm reading this book The Warmth of Other Sons learning about the great migration plugging my family into that story uh it was all just really, you know, me feeling and, and answering, answering the call. And when you can answer the call and we can understand that you're here to answer the call, that's a really good thing as opposed to being like, this is overwhelming and I don't really know what to do, which mm-hmm. I, I experience it in waves. There are times when I'm like, I am overwhelmed by this and nothing I say is going to make a difference. And then there's times where I'm like, oh, hip hop needs me, but not necessarily me. Hip hop needs this story, right? Um, or this tradition needs to be carried on, right? Like oral, uh, this oral storytelling needs this story, like this, uh, or rap needs librarianship. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like really putting those things together. It w- they, didn't, they didn't go together. And I was hesitant to even say rapper and librarian together until I did it. And then I'm like, yo, this is the perfect thing. Like this global culture, this, this culture that started from people taking instruments and music out of schools has reached across the globe and we are still not talking enough about it like it's high art like it's Mm -hmm. poetry like you know real literature we're not talking about rap like that and so uh that was that's that was kind of one of the things too so i'm really just trying you know 
So much, so much. I used to go to parties. I remember specifically going to my guy's party once, and you know, there's certain things that you shouldn't talk about at at parties. And, and mind you, this was not when this was when everybody was like uprising and all that. Mm-hmm. So I'm at New Year's, and I'm talking to people about police violence, and and you get played. You know what I mean? People look at you and they and you look like the crazy one because you are bringing up a thing. I can't turn it off. I can't act like I am not upset about the police killing somebody in the streets that look like me. Hell yeah. They're not supposed to do that. (laughs) Why, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm just talking about the conversation, but, but but the world is already treating you like that. Government, police, everybody's treating you like that already. And then you go to a place that's supposed to be safe a party with your friends and I get the uncomfortability right but it's also like yo shut up so it's so it's dismissive and it makes you feel crazy and then I just you know I had no other choice but to like make some fucking songs about it because <laughs> I don't yeah. I didn't really have an outlet right I didn't so hell yeah you was just talking about like stories coming from hip hop and like and like how hip hop is is birthed from like you said people taking instruments out of school is really birthed from the underground you know what I'm saying yeah. and like people just putting their experience and their stories and like really like recording it you know what I'm saying like writing it down so people people in the future could see it when Kurt was telling me was first telling me about your music this probably like two years ago he was telling me oh this dude Roy uh, his music go hard he he some of this shit like super like in depth political he gay like everything that was going through I was like oh shit I gotta check this out there's really there's really nobody <laughs> I know, I can think of off the top of my head that that make music like you for real and uh I was gonna ask you so like your your story so like where you from man what's that good good sad. <laughs> <laughs> good. yeah west side of Chicago hell yeah so like wh- whereabouts on west side uh, all over. I mean, I live not too far from Brickyard now. True. Uh, not too far from Austin. True. But before R. that, R.I.P. to uh, World Foot Locker. <laughs> oh, word, damn. I mean, the whole mall. The it was an actual mall. mall. It's a plaza. I now. used to be in that Marshalls in that motherfucker. Yeah. I right? know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all over, man. I mean, when we moved to the West Side. You know, I was living by, um, we were living by uh, UIC for a little bit before, you know, it was the universities mm-hmm. and the, all those apartments. It was like Maxwell Street, like, you know, it was that. And then we moved over to Division of Pulaski, moved over to North Avenue of Pulaski. Uh, and then my parents moved over, you know, where they at now, so. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, I, I think that we need, we need stories like your stories in hip hop because there's no one speaking on that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Speaking on the same things you speaking on. So I like, I'm, I'm listening to your album and I'm li- listening to the word. I'm like, I really appreciate this nigga for real. Thank you. Mm-hmm, for real. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, there's, there's nothing more important than a story. There's nothing older than the story. There's nothing more powerful, you mm-hmm. know, than the story. Like. Like, we not the only, like, you're not the only motherfucker out there that's like you, you know what I'm saying? But you might be the only one that's recording it, putting it out there so somebody else can hear it. Absolutely. Hell yeah. 
And that's important to those people too, because it gives them something to resonate with. Mm -hmm. Like all so songs, like music is so powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, a song can get someone through a time. A song can make something they're unsure about make more sense to them. Oh, yeah. Just hearing one thing. Yeah. And to kind of touch back on that, the new album, I actually got to see your show at Shuba's last winter before all this crazy shit happened yeah. when we could actually go to shows. <clears throat> and what I want to say is I've seen you rap a bunch of times, obviously, because we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. But that show, the way it was put together and the, the song selection, how there was those moments of like heaviness, there was moments of party, there was the visual effects put into the show. I was th literally thinking, and I said it to Michelle during the show, I was like, Roy fucking is a whole ass artist now. Mm -hmm. Like you, it seemed like you just came together and the way you put that together was amazing. Thank like that you. show was so fun to watch, but also like, I don't want to say like you learned from it, but it was, it was introspective and fun at the same time, which yeah. you don't really get those two feelings from the same event. A lot of times yeah. it's either a very heavy event where you're like, damn, you you leave like it's super in your head thinking about a lot of things. Yeah. But there was moments of, of fun too, like all oh, drinking beers, like that all right now shit. Yeah. Like you knew how to bring it all around. Is that something, I know you did, but I'm just going to ask you, is that something you consciously put together, the yeah. way the songs are and everything? Oh my God, yeah, of course, of course. Um, you know, this album when we were, you know, my guy Mike was sending me beats from Beeman and we were just going, you know, we wanted it to sound uh, we wanted it to sound different from Blackie. And, uh, you know, there's this thing that I talk about, like audio genealogy, uh, which I look at my albums as. And so Blackie, if it was a offering to my grandmother, you know, which it was, and it covers her lifetime from, um, you know, Jim Crow era to present moment. So 1943 up, up until, uh, you know, she passed, passed away around 2016. It's a trip through black music. So it has these elements of like the spiritual um, uh, blues and jazz and spoken word and hip hop and like all the, you know, that's, that's Blackie. And um, before any of this, we knew, I just felt, because an artist is supposed to feel it, an artist just feels it a lot of times before the world does. But, it's a, but it was apocalyptic. It was like, yo, urgent, you know? So where we had this very slow, you know, uh, opening on Blackie, um, Kenzie is like, yo, we, we don't have much time. <laughs> you know? get it, yeah. like, we don't have, we don't have much, we don't have much time. But, but the sentiment that you felt um, about how you can like leave heavy and, and do all those things, I, I started, you know, I made this album healing from uh, uh, state-sanctioned state violence and healing from my grandmother's uh, passing away and, and what I'm watching happening to black people on the news and he, trying to heal from that. And then, and then would do the shows, you know, so a year, year and a half, two years later, and then I would be leaving the shows and I would be changed, right? And at first I'm like, oh, I am so glad that I have an outlet to like, you know, put these feelings, right? And then after that, I would go, I would be leaving the shows after a while and I'm like, I am drained. And I actually think I might be re-traumatizing myself. Like, I don't think I can, so there's shows that I cancel. There's shows that I just like, I'm like, I cannot perform Blackie again because you're, 
performing a funeral. Like I'm performing a funeral and and it's time for me to like let my grandmother rest. It's time for me to just like like let this whole thing really rest cuz there is no me showing up to do these songs and not feel everything every time every time I perform it, right? Uh and then um so now I'm trying to focus on a new story, a new book, tell my story, and um, always trying to incorporate joy, trying to get my story right, trying to understand my story enough to tell, you know, to tell it and be like, well, what am I, what am I telling myself? But understanding the human condition and understanding what we, what we need, and what I want from a show, you know, that's the other part. Like at like first, I am a fan. Right, I am a fan with standards, and I know what I want when I go to a show. I want a full production. I want all of the feelings. Hell yeah! You know, I want to laugh and cry, and all. I want all of those things. And Blackie was full of that. Although it's a heavy show, you know, it's it was full of that. Same thing, right? Same thing with with this one. But I really did want to. Um, I kind of wanted to uh, rescue myself as well and have a good time and, and still be able to just do it in a different way. So I'm glad you were at that show and I'm glad you enjoyed that show. It was a really interesting time because that was, you know, that was a, that was a sold out show in December and that was before the album was out. And then I did one in, at First Avenue in Minnesota, and that one was sold out, and then everything shut down. And that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> you're hitting the you're hitting the stride and shit. It's like boom. That's how. And, it then, there were, and then there were no more shows. Yeah. So. But so, yeah, yeah, that record's that record's great, man. I like it a lot. Like I said, just the the different dynamics of it is really good. Yeah. What was the producer's name again? On Kenzie? Huh? On Kenzie? Yeah. Kenzie. Uh, so my guy Mike Jones executive produced the album with me uh and then willie beeman did a good majority of it uh lucas hart did some joints on it and then my guy lp that's what's uh, up did some joints on it and um and spoken thought as well that's what's up yeah that shit sound good yeah, thank you. <laughs> them beats is knocking on there thank for real. and thank while you. we're on thank the you. album thank that you. visual oh. you did for fetish is is crazy it's really uh eye capturing like the mm -hmm. whole time i found it because you played it during the show and I was like, this is fucking crazy. And I didn't even realize that was just the video, the visuals for that song. Mm -hmm. And I watched it after just at the crib. And the whole time you, there's not a whole lot going on, mm -hmm. but the whole time it's on, you can't help but just watch it, like mm -hmm. stare at it. Mm -hmm. So where did the concept for that, those visuals come from? Uh, Ashley Battle, we got another video coming out. She has her company over with friends and um, we've been working, you know, pretty closely together, but we really sat down and she really had the idea that she's just seen me, you know, me up, up against a white background, which was symbolic all on its own when you think about what we're talking about and being fetishized and the black body f being fetishized. Um, and especially in boy, you know, especially in Boys Town. So, so she had that idea uh, to put me up against the, you know, all white backdrop and, and, um, you know, really play with the the symbolism and trying to tell a story, and and it's very in, you know very intimate. We didn't really want a ton going on. You know, we we really were trying to 
focus in on on the storytelling aspect of it. So it's like 2020, 2020 gay rap librarian. Like, what would the, <laughs> the story? What is this the story like? time? What yeah. is it? Like? <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys sit down and chop it up and lay like the oh, yeah. the concept out? Oh my god, yeah, That's of course, dope. of course, yeah. We have a few. We have we have our meetings and uh, work on treatments and and all that stuff. That's, I love working with her. We got we got a lot of really really dope stuff i'll actually show y'all the video i got before i leave uh, today but then we have another video um so we got a video for all right now and we got a video for um kitchen barber beauty shop that's what's up mm-hmm. yeah hell yeah me and Perry, working, working all quarantine. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Me and Perry talk about it a lot, and it seems like you're making a lot of visuals for the album. Do you think visuals still hit the same as they did back in the day? Uh, I don't, and I should think about the reception of a lot of things, right? But I don't. I just think about really what I want to make, and I think about, and I'm, and I'm. And I am thinking about how to make more impact, right? I, so, so that's that's the thing that's on my mind because you don't want to just be like making things that people don't see or mm-hmm. that people can't uh, really sink their teeth into, or or that's you know irrelevant. But um, but people need to see you. You know, I, I think that maybe the digestion of a video is different. We ain't got you know, the rap TV yeah. or the rap city yeah, and 106 apart. Yeah, we don't really got that anymore, but we're inundated with visual, right? We watch visual all day. We're uh-huh. on Instagram all day. So so the music and the visual will always have uh, this, this marriage um, and it's necessary for people to see you and it can elevate your profile, I believe, in a lot of ways. But, uh, but the... Um, the consuming it, 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 it that is different right that is different and and that's the thing you know we we're watching versus battles we're watching uh-huh. all these things and we're we're tired of versus battles like yeah. we're tired of watching <laughs> shit on instagram like already right like you could see and so that's that's where my mind is now is what is that what is this new thing going to look like right we're moving through phases phase three phase four phase like all of this shit but what what is the impact going to be and what do people need and how as an artist do you respond to it how do you respond to what we will never not need art right we will never not need art but uh but appropriate art is the thing like you know it's like me doing some charlie chaplin shit right now in 2020 (laughs) it's like we wouldn't i mean it might charlie chaplin was (laughs) <laughs> pretty dope but but you know what i'm saying yeah no i feel you for sure yeah yeah like like what do if you could nail that question bro like what would you, <laughs> <laughs> you could nail that shit because yeah. like like you were saying bro when this shit first started happening everybody was on live like i live yeah. on my phone it was 30 motherfuckers on live yeah. you know what i'm saying versus battles every week and yeah. shit but like yeah like I, we, I, we were just talking about the jada kiss the jada kiss and fabulous one and like at this point, like I don't even really care no more. Like the sound don't be good and shit like that. Like and their sound and their sound was better, but you mm-hmm. but you but you see so much, mm-hmm. right? That wall, that fourth wall is mm-hmm. is kind of gone, right? So they fix these things, but then you realize like, yo, 
where's the where's the showmanship where's the like where's the art how do you respond yeah. to this like everybody's jumping on a zoom nightly shows are done on zoom all you know and it's just like i this ain't it yeah this, yeah <laughs> i get because it's always I get like, us doing a thing but yeah it's always feel like it's like halfway it's always halfway there you know what i said like trying to put it together is hard yeah and i get it right and i get it like no shade you know i get people wanting to have some sense of normalcy wanting to like that was how mm -hmm. you responded to the time i just think that it's I just think that this is the corniest time. Yeah. This is the corniest <laughs> time for everything. I'm like, oh God, please let this be over because this cannot, this cannot be it. I am so tired of Zooms. I am I, so tired of- I actually of think the tightest, the tightest one I've seen was your shit with on top on the roof. Come on, what'd you tell these people? <laughs> I am putting out high RG. I was like- The roof shit was dope. That was the tightest shit I've seen. Thank you. And I know you- like, And it was fun too. And it was great. I was really happy to do that. Shout I, out to Empty Bottle. I know how meticulous you are. And I was, like I told you, on, when you came over, first thing I said to you, um, I was talking to my homegirl and I was like, damn, I'm going to watch this, but I hope the sound isn't terrible. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because like I said, you, they plugged in, shit was like crisp. Mm -hmm. These people that are doing these Zoom shows and shit just don't give a fuck. They're like, turn the Zoom on. I'm going to play the song. <laughs> and it just is unpleasant to watch. It was so, it was so bad. So many people hit me up wanting me to do shows. And I'm like, if it sounds terrible, I don't know what we're doing. So many people's profiles tanked they're quite like you were looking at them for high quality stuff mm -hmm. i'm like i know what to do i'm just little old roy over here y'all got y'all got big budgets y'all got mad money you could have sent everybody that you asked to do a versus you could have sent them an eye rig you could have sent them it would have yeah. got there super quick i don't know how y'all are i don't know how y'all are having these technical difficulties right and no, like i don't you know i, I don't like, even want to i don't even want to do that baby but face <laughs> baby face was not happy he was not <laughs> here for it he was rolling his eye he was you know so 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 that's the i mean again right i get i get us responding to a time and doing all these things but 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 again if my message is not going to get across if my message is not going to get across or if you're not going to look at me as an artist and it looks like I'm just like jumping on live to do something, I'd rather not. I'd rather just yeah. because it's a, it's offensive to me. It's offensive to my brand and it's offensive to who I make music for. Right. Mm -hmm. I make mu I make great music. I put a lot into things looking good and sounding good and being delivered well and packaged well because it means something because that's the era that I come from right like my favorite artists don't do half-assed things yeah <laughs> so no, I'm straight not up, bro. to do half-assed things I'll be telling I'll be telling niggas like we be like we be trying to make music and shit I be telling my phones like would Titty Boy do this would Titty Boy do this I'm not doing it <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's facts. We should be we should be having that conversation. We should be talking like that. Yeah, we should be talking like that. But also on that same in the same aspect, I know yeah, you put so a lot funny. of time into everything. Uh, you know, from the art to the pr presentation. How do you feel about the microwave ass generation we're in, where people only consume it for like six days, and they're like, "What else do you got?" And you just put so much time into crafting the shit you just put out. Mm. Uh, I again don't think about a lot of art like you were at before we turned the mics on you were like do you know this person do you know this person and, and i just don't and i really just don't i really just don't know a lot of people and on a good day if i'm being conscious enough i'll be like yo let me turn on beats 
radio. Let me listen to some new. Let me see what's hot right now. Let me see what's good. But I just don't because because I'm such a first of all empath. Secondly, just mad spongy. Um, and 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 um, and uh, influenced pretty easily, you know. Oh, so you're saying if you listen to too much, you'll subconsciously put that shit into what you're making? No, I'm saying that if I listen to too much, I'll get I'll be in a bad mood. If it's some, <laughs> <laughs> some bullshit, <laughs> you know, like every like it has to be if you know it has to be curated, you know. To a to a fault, right? I wish I could just like be turning on some new shit all the time, right? Uh, but like that's why that's why it's like you're saying it's, it's like microwave because this shit is not curated. Motherfuckers nah. just putting out the same shit thirty over seconds and over and over yeah. and over again. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, did you like what do you you know? But but that's the difference. That's mm-hmm. the difference between. You know, there's so many people out here with so many different motives and so many different things to do. Me as a me as the artist that I am, I am I'm I'm owning in this moment that I am here to like go through some shit and turn it into a story, you know, heal in front of people. Like that is that is my job and I'm and I'm looking even to a fault, I'm looking at a lot of life that way. It is not this thing that I kind of just pick up. Now, there's some people that are just here to have fun. And there are people that consume that music because they just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm not here to like, you know, I'm not, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I get it all. But I know my place. I know, you know, I know my role. I know that I want to tell a story. I know that I want to make full projects. I know that there are some times that I want to escape. I know that there's t- times that I want to, you know, uh, listen to music that helps me escape. I know that as well, and so I it all serves a, it all serves a purpose to me. I just you know I just know what I'm supposed to be doing artistically and musically and yeah yeah that shit don't really apply to you man <laughs> nigga shit is about shit like <laughs> because like because like you make the type of music that you could listen to seventy two times and still pick up on something new on you know what I'm saying. Other motherfuckers gotta keep putting shit out because they saying the same shit over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Well, factories work like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a, if it's, when it's a factory, it works like that. I, I, I come from rappers like that. I listen to rappers like that. Where you, it'll be ten years later. You started with this Jay Z record. Yeah. I could listen to Reasonable Reasonable Doubt today. That's why I started same. with it. I know. I know you. I know you. Bro, I yes, to, you I was do. like, I'm coming with some old Jay. I for listen the to intro. Value One at least once a week. I listen to Value One. Yo, <laughs> I need to get on it because I haven't listened to Jay in a minute and every time. And that's what you want. You want your shit to like bloom. You know what mm. I mean? Like over, like exactly. to age well, right? Uh huh. Yeah, me and you used to have rap talks. Mm-hmm. We would have rap fucking talks while drinking, <laughs> talking about I mean, music before we before we go out and just be hours of drinking talking about mm-hmm. new music. So yeah, I know you Jay Z it out. So yeah, I was like, I'm coming with Can I Live? Yeah, that's oh a my hard God. intro. I'm like, oh, I haven't heard this in a long time, which I appreciate. You know, that shit and I'm happy to guard. you know I'm happy to happy to be here with you because it's been a long time yeah it's man. been a really really long time we spent a you know a lot of time together you one of my home you know my closest homies so um it goes back to exactly what i was saying you know just like the understanding of you know us needing each other and 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 uh reestablishing those bonds and being like it wasn't a mistake you know and 
me specifically understanding uh, how I treated relationships before. Not that I was ever really a mean person, but now I understand that I also have a duty of being like, yo, we were friends. I should be like reaching out to that person. Like, what's good? Like, what are we, like, are we getting up? You know, like Mm -hmm. I I knew, I understood who I was artistically. I understood who I was supposed to be uh, societally responsibilities like that but it all led me back to be like oh who are you as a friend who are you as a family member who are you you know we always want to like reach so far across the world and just be like your guys down the street Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean like let's really get into that let's really get into that yeah I think that's just part of growth too especially growth mental growth and just growing up and realizing like what's really important. A lot of things are like falsely important when you're younger, in your 20s. Mm-hmm. You know, when we met, we were mm-hmm. in our 20s and there's a lot of false important shit on your mind where you think it's like the world, but it's yeah. a very, very small part of the world. You know, I was thinking back to when we, me and you met, which is funny as hell because I was in that badass mood because I was hungry. Do you remember that? <laughs> the first time oh, we I ever guess. met. Uh, <laughs> I oh, I absolutely remember. I absolutely, he was really hangry. I had never really seen it before. She we didn't like, need that was the first time we ever met. That at was Empire. the first time we met. And then he got some some food, you know. But he was just like mad quiet, standoffish in the corner. I was like, what's wrong with Kurt? What's wrong with him? He's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt's hungry. And then it was, like, we need to get this kid some we need to get him some food. I was smooth after I ate. He was great after he ate. But then I remember you we were talking about music and you were like, Oh yeah, I make music. And I was like, Yeah, that's cool. And then, you know, Lisa and Felicia were like, Yeah, he raps, you should check it. And everybody knows I'm not super like, let me run to check this like local mm-hmm, rap shit. Mm-hmm. And I remember I heard it. And the first shit I heard was that Ryman song. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he can actually rap. Like mm-hmm. he's good at rapping. Because mm-hmm. usually you know how it is. Someone's like, check my music. Oh my God, I know. A lot of times it's not great. <laughs> you no, know? I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I am for the first time. And it was, it's really interesting. Like the thing that happens, especially when I went back to school and really having to like, coined this moniker rap brarian there were years between that album maybe the, I, I was it was like i was embarrassed to say that i was a rapper because of how people view no, you yeah, as I, a rapper i feel i'll be feeling the same way for real it took right? me a minute before i showed you my shit mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. i know you for like three years <laughs> so i showed you my shit <laughs> yeah. yeah and i'm just like no yeah I'm, I'm i'm gonna put some respect on this and I'm gonna ask that everybody else do the same. Yeah, right. I treat it. I just treat it like that. I really treat art so precious. You know, velvet gloves on with me because because I know what it did. It's not a. And we can look at it. It's very easy to think. You know, like black culture has changed the world. Rap has changed the world, and we look at it as such a disposable thing. But I know what it I know what it did for me. I know the power of the music. I know the power of what we do. And I am always going to treat it like like that. And I hope that there's mad generations after me that continue to treat rap with the respect and the power that clearly, you know, that clearly it has. Such a subtle mysterious magical power too right it's just like everybody gravitates toward like they say russell simmons they say it all the time like rap has done more for race relations 
than anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> I mean, that's facts, though, if you really it's think about facts. it. I think it's rap and skateboarding. Yeah. Straight up. Those are two, like, cultures that just mesh everybody together if you yeah. really fuck with what's going on. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Maybe basketball, Popovich. There's <laughs> one man in that, man that man be uniting That man be uniting cultures bro. Uh, Greg Greg's Greg. ass <laughs> He has Tony Parker Tim Duncan Manu Ginobili All fucking with each other yeah. I think he was just doing that to win And Michael Finley <laughs> Look at you knowing the whole Spurs roster. <laughs> Why do you know that? It's a great franchise, man. It's a great franchise. It's a franchise. That's funny. But yeah, let's get into the, the hot shit of the week. Of course, we're going to do our guest, Roy Kinsey. What do you want to play off the record for the break song? Oh. Give me a song. This is off Roy Kinsey, a memoir. Play All Right Now. All Right Now. Here we go. Skirt. <laughs> Get it. 
up on it, you come around and they don't want, they don't want. Mama, I made it, I bought a prison. I just need some slaves to slaves to her dead. It's a smart investment. Blacks for green that sparked my, sparked my, it wasn't planned. Yeah, so that was All Right Now off Roy Kinsey, a memoir. That's one of those more up-tempo, good feel songs I was talking about. Off that project yes sir i don't know if it was that project or a different one but you talk about it in record that uh you were going to depaul university when you decided you wanted to rap is that a take us through that time what made you decide that because especially mm. you got to be 18 19 at that point yeah uh i've been rapping though i've i've been on stages i've been been rapping i i was quiet it's so funny i was quietly rapping uh all through high school um at DePaul is when I met Castle, though, which was another link that we had when we first met. Oh, true. Shout out Castle. Though. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Castle that, for sure. Yeah. So uh, Castle made me um, a great rapper because we were doing things that were different. So we met in class, um, and I knew he DJed, and he would invite me over, and then I would have these shows uh where you only had six minutes, you had to you had to sell twenty dollar tickets and hand the money over. You had to sell twenty twenty dollar tickets and hand the money over to the promoter for six minutes on stage. Uh, and I was I was into that. I was you know not necessarily into it, but into the hustle of wanting to get my name out and doing what had to be done at that moment. That was the mm. opportunity that was, you know, of course, obviously it was like a hustle, you know, but um, Castle was like, how do we make the most of these seven or eight minutes, right? And this is a, you know, master DJ, if anybody knows Castle. And so he knew how to uh, pick a great beat that everybody could identify with, that, that everybody knew have me rhyme over it. So he, we would pick rhymes from my songs. He We would match my tempo with this beat that people knew, right? So it's like a brand recognition almost. And mm -hmm. then, and switch the beat and I keep rapping. And, oh, like, that's what's up, and I'm like, for, for, so I'm literally up on stage where people, you know, you got six minutes to the average person that's two songs, three maybe. I am I've I'm on stage six, seven, eight minutes. I've done easily six or seven songs. I am like drenched in sweat Damn. when I get off the stage, but but people knew my name, right? Damn, so I, so I hand over this money, but but we knew how to use the time uh, wisely. And yeah, of course, I met met um, met met uh, Castle in college, and that's just when it became real. That's when it became like real. But the beginning of a lot of like hard work. So like recognizing a skill. Um, I was just always writing, but yeah, that was that was when it was like, let's take this to uh, another level. Let's take this to the, you know. I feel like Cat Castle matches you in that meticulousness. Like you guys both have that shit. Well, and I got it from him. you guys created great shit together. I got it from him. I got it from him. I knew that I wanted to rap. I knew that. I knew I wanted to rap, but he had a strategy and he is a perfectionist. And so he's just like, you know, I got that from Castle. Castle is not, if it's not right, it is not coming out. 
And no matter what it is, if it's not right, it is not coming out, you have to care about your shit. You have to care about your art. Even if it's a little, you know, you you watch Castle on the on the lives. You watch Castle on the lives, right? On the Zoom when we first Castle's sound is Inoculated. incredible. <laughs> he doesn't fuck around. Castle is not only he's not only on he's not only on IG. He's like I, I might pop up on IG, but we're streaming this through my site. The the sound is clear. He's you know, he knows what he's doing. And I and I was just spoiled being around people that are from, you know, that uh, were cinematographers and sound engineers and he had a ear, you know, all I heard all I had at first was like my rap ear. He has a he has this studio ear. He knows how shit sounds. He yeah. walk around the room and be like, oh no, something's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, and, and that's what you need. That's what, that's how you kind of elevate your thing. So he helped me, he helped me with my brand as well. Just being like, no, well, what's, how, how you gonna put out some, you have one job. <laughs> I mean, that shit led to you guys putting out really great shit and it sounded good. I mean, that's half the battle. A lot of, there's a lot of people that rap well or just do something well. But they put put it out to the world in a mediocre form, and it doesn't get perceived the way yeah, it should it's be perceived. Yeah, got to be packaged right. Because they're like, damn, it sounds like shit. Like, not like the raps don't sound like shit. The way it sounds to your ear sounds terrible, mm-hmm. and you just don't want to listen to it. Yeah, you know. And it's something I've always wondered. I don't know if we've ever talked about it. Mm-hmm. So when you're at that point, you meet Castle. You guys are getting shit popping. Obviously, you can put words together really well, and and you can rap. Did you ever? Did it ever cross your mind to just? generic rap instead of rap about who you are as a person just to get somewhere farther like rap about getting packs off and all this bullshit you know oh well it's it's no i mean castle is not going to he would call you up oh absolutely (laughs) people you ain't get no packs absolutely absolutely and uh i mean i think i I always had that standard too i think it was really important for me to rap about my life i mean i rapped a i I uh, emulated so many rappers before me that had completely different lives than I did, and I thought for a very long time that I liked their activity, and um, maybe even placed their activity and their behavior on a higher level than what I was actually doing. So I did have to learn to embrace actually what I was doing but what I but but when I came back around to the entire thing I really just loved and admired their delivery and their passion and their fire and and learned that I could really rap about my life in a a fascinating passionate way um, but being truthful you know being truthful with my life so that was the thing, especially when I was making the shift from from uh, um, rookie of the year to beautiful only, where it's the first time on record that I come out. And between those two albums, that was extremely important to me because before that, uh, the pronouns were women in my raps, right? Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a lie, but I was also coming into like, oh, you're gay, you're about to be like, oh, you're making the declaration, like you're, oh, you're about to live a gay lifestyle, you're about to like, so that's the thing that 
I felt had to be because of the artist that I want to be a truth teller and all that. I have to be honest in my music. I have to come out in my music. Um, so that's always been kind of like a standard and a priority of mine. But again, you know, when you start rapping for people and you start rapping for friends, like I was rapping to impress Castle, I was rapping to impress my friends, you know, they will check you. And you don't really feel, I don't, I've never really felt great about rapping about a lie, rapping about something yeah. that I really wasn't doing that just, Hell yeah. yeah! Like I enjoy when I'm writing rounds. I enjoy that challenge to trying to uh, trying to like clever, like say clever shit about my own life. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like when you do it, when, like, when you do it successfully, that shit feel good as hell. It feels great. You know what I'm saying? Like who are we? Ra if you're not rapping about your life, who are you rapping about? You don't you don't sound like yourself. <laughs> Plus, I don't want to rap about some shit that people gonna call me on. I never want to have uh -huh. to. So I don't gotta think about that. Yeah, I don't have to think about one that. That's just a is, headache. One thing is when you rapping about shit that like that you don't really do, like somebody gonna call you out. It's only a matter of time. Or even like when motherfuckers be like trying to be on street shit when they not street, like somebody gonna try to pull your card at one point. So why even do it? People gonna try to pull your card. And I'm like, no. I mean, with the internet, that's people's job now is to try to find falsity in people's shit. They'll call you out so quick and post it, oh try to God. air you out. All the time. So on Beautiful Only, you come out, let kind of everybody know, yeah, like, you know, I'm gay. Mm -hmm. did, did any new hurdles pop up after that? Did you notice, like, some people were kind of more like, hey, I don't know if I really want to fuck with you anymore. <laughs> Nobody would. I don't think anybody would ever say it to me, but I had <clears throat> known it. I had seen it. I had seen it all along. And so by the time I was, by the time I put that album out, by the time I, I was, um, you know, doing that, and then I had made the decision very much like what I was talking about before, that there is no one else. <laughs> there is no one else. You know what I mean? Like nobody else is about to, nobody's, clearly nobody gave, you know, gave me shit. So that doesn't matter. Um, but also I'm not asking for permission. That's also what that meant. So it actually alleviated a lot of what I think that I felt uh, before, which is I felt like, oh, well, somebody said something about me on stage after I like go and rip up the stage for like six, seven, eight minutes. Somebody would go, you know, I've, I've had it all happen. I've had somebody say fag in their rap referring to me. I've had people not want to shake my hand. I've had people um, uh, then steal my rhyme. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Just like say some shit. I said, it was just, it was just a, a very interesting and strange time. But by the time I came out, I had made the decision that it was all going to be up to me, that I was no longer asking for permission. Um, and that's funny that you asked that because I've kind of created such, you know, my own world and then kind of linked up with homies that affirmed me too. So right when Beautiful Only came out, you know, my homie Anthony um, was working at this at this uh bar and we filmed like this documentary style video to be released with it and so i kind of was affirmed around that same time where i didn't even need to try to fit in where i was trying to fit in before and they had kind of shown me a new frontier and was just like yo you're a legend you're and i did not believe that he but he spoke over me so consistently and between him 
and uh, Wallace and Futurehood and, you know, like they were and are the ones that really, you know, kind of like made me believe in what we were doing because they were just really doing the work. Eyes were on them, you know, they were telling people about me. It was just like, this felt better. And it felt, you know, it felt great to finally move from trying to be tolerated by people to being like celebrated by your own. Like, this is what you should always be wanting, right? Because there's always a tribe for you. There's always a family. There's always somebody appreciating what you, what you do and wanting to affirm and nurture you. And you don't have to waste your time and your energy trying to like be around some people that don't even yeah. see it. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they can't see, they can't see it. That's what's I, you know, like it was funny because I heard my boy, my boy Jeremiah, he make beats for like Mickey Blanco and like Leaf and them. Yeah. And I heard Mickey say something that was damn near the exact same shit of what you said right now. Mm hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, but they, but, but they used to, Hit up Mickey, hit up Cakes, have mm-hmm. him come up here, you know, perform at the bar. Like I met Mickey and Cakes and all of them through, through them. Yeah. Like he, he just knew what he was. He knew and knows what he's doing and was a visionary. You know, still is and 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 kind of like brought me into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what you don't realize is that so many people that you'll never even know or hear about will hear your shit and how you're going about it. And that might make them feel more free to not rap about like fucking bitches because they're gay or any mm-hmm. aspect of their life. They might be like, I just, need to appro- <laughs> I just need to approach this with who I really am. Because a lot of people, whether it's that, that, that big of an issue or not, a lot of people live their whole life behind like a, a facade of who mm-hmm. they want people to think they are. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be exhausting. So it's when you live as you are, it's like a freeing thing. And you're probably inspiring people to be like, fuck it. He's doing that shit. I can do it, too. Because a lot of people need, like, a leader. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I make the music that I make because I know what I needed. And and it could get daunting. It could feel that way. But but I know what I needed. And even as the world opens and we're being shown so much and we're uh, seemingly becoming more progressive and, you know, there's still kids that are coming of age and coming into their own and searching and hungry for content, right? All sorts of content. I knew when I was sit like Sam Goody, the, <laughs> the 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 magazine shops, the young the porn shops, they got all my they got all my coin. They got yeah. all my coin. All my little after school coin. They Hell got yeah. all of it. I bought so many magazines. My walls were plastered Same. with magazines. Same, like I bro. read all the stories. I bought all the magazines. I cut up the the inside like I did that, right? And so the the ephemera probably is really not there but the hunger is still there when you are building an identity when you are trying to like build yourself and arm yourself for the world and like who i want to be kids need that kids need that and we cannot forget that we cannot get jaded and i'm saying this so i hear it because i can get very jaded you know in my own way and i and i have to remind myself to answer the call that they're 
is somebody that needs you. You know, you are not necessarily here. Like people enter fame, enter uh, or enter making music uh, for what they can get, and 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 the ones that really do stick around then understand that they signed up for like an army. You know, like you signed up to serve, you signed up to live through something and then to make it a thing, like a roadmap, you know, for the ones that are coming behind you. I don't know if everybody's gonna look at it like that, but I, that was a realization that I had. That was a realization that I had that like, the world is hungry for you know, just that thing, like that possibility, that idea, that imagination, right? Like imagination literally like changes, you know, just changes the world. It literally changes like your idea. I know I sound like really like, it's that it's, it's an imagination, just like your thoughts, really, you put it out, you execute it, it, it won't be the world at the same time. But people, Jesus got how many followers now? Yeah. He had 12. <laughs> <laughs> and not even that. That's funny. And not man. even that, yeah, then yeah. People were not fucking yeah. with Jesus. You know? It's like, yeah. you, you really have to believe in what you're doing and understand the, 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 the power of thought and imagination and, you know, we're in a really, really rough time now, but you know, that's systemic exhaustion, right? If you believe in yourself and continue to be like, yo, we can and are changing shit. Yeah. We are already like, that's what all yeah. of this is. This has not happened. This has not happened before. Yeah, no, for real, yo. I remember when this shit first start, start popping out, I remember telling her, I was like, yo, like, it look crazy now, but it probably ain't finna be nothing. Yo, this shit moving hyper speed, yo. And they're like, I ain't never seen like them actually trying to like change the government, the inside systems or whatever in order to, for anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The fact that like, the fact like Minneapolis trying to abolish their police is Come on. crazy. Come on. <laughs> right. We've experienced the worst of the worst. It can literally only get better now mm -hmm. the world the humankind has evolved astronomically mm -hmm. in the last four months mm -hmm. we can't process it like that right now because we're mm -hmm. still in the shit we have grown and we have to like pat ourselves on the back like that and you know not for too long yeah right because there's Cause not clearly over. it's not it's a lot so much work to do it's the start for real but, but like, like you said yeah but but our sights, our vision as 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 a, a population is different as it should be. Mm -hmm. yeah. I do feel like the younger generations really tapped into shit, and I think it's because they're not having it. Art. Yeah, they're a huge part. They're a huge part of it for <laughs> real. Not on my watch. And I think it's too because artists finally have like artists of all facets, like musicians, you know, painters, whatever. I think they have such a big voice right now because a lot of the youth cares way more about creative outlets than like media outlets or anything like that. That's because they care more about what's on their phone than what's outside. And they steady looking at it all day. You know what I'm saying? They're informed. I think they care a lot about the world. Mm -hmm. They care a lot about the world and they could be, you know, they're very tapped in emotionally. So probably the most um, emotionally intelligent generation 
that we've had and probably makes them very sensitive to a lot of things. So sensitive to emotion, but also not having any fuck shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, because I feel like now on a broad spectrum, emotions are more accepted than ever before. Oh like God, before yeah. people didn't want to show emotion or without being able to show it, they didn't want to feel it because mm-hmm. they're like, damn, then I got to hide how I feel. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like on a, on a wide scale, it's okay to, uh, ex- to express how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't the case at you all. You can see before. it just through hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, you can just see the content and like hip hop is coming out and you can tell that people is feeling emotion more than they or like willing to show it. Yeah. And that's what it is, is willing to show it. Because mm-hmm. people, I mean, human beings are probably like, you know, they're such emotional creatures or beings, yeah. but everyone just tried to hide all that shit before. And now from young generations to musicians to artists, I mean, I feel like artists always expressed it. That's what created good art. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if artists from, you know, any era weren't expressing their emotions, there wouldn't be any good art because that's yeah. where like the best shit comes from. Yeah. So look, you got, you got, you got like the mental health issues popping up mm-hmm. and shit. Like people are willing to talk about it and shit. Like before, like, especially with black people, like I ain't never... Mm-hmm. Met no when I was growing up, I ain't never met no black people talking about their mental health. Mm-hmm. Talking about you know what I'm saying? Talking mm-hmm. about I need to go to therapy or mm-hmm. some shit like that. Medicate like medication, mm-hmm. like that's wild. The black people back in the day, but like now it's been now it's become a thing that like people is talking about. Like yeah, you know what I'm saying? because what are we? But but we're seeing a sick society, right? We're seeing a sick society mm-hmm. when we don't talk about being human. Mm-hmm. All these humans. And nobody's really acknowledging the full range of what it means to be a human. That is going to make people sick. That is going to lead to destruction and violence and addiction and depression. And like that's going to lead to all of the things that we want to 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 alleviate. We and this way of being has a you know has um, uh, fueled kind of a lot of the ails that we are experiencing. And if we want to heal them we gotta talk about them we have to name the thing right we have to name the wound um to to kind of heal it so and that's what art is for and and that's what our (laughs) first amendment is for and this is this is this is just what we it's our duty that's part of evolution right like we've shut down we've shut down parts of ourselves for years, yeah. generations, we have whole ass parents that shut down like entire parts of themselves, yeah. and you see how it manifests in other ways. It does not go away. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, I think people shut those parts of themselves down because they don't want to be perceived as weak. But the thing is, then you you get into these things you just touched on, all these coping mechanisms. Yeah. And when you're dealing, when you're uh, immerse yourself in alcohol, drugs, things that are to to cope you have like a see-through mask on because mm-hmm. everyone knows you're weak. You just don't want to be perceived that way, but everybody can already see it. Yeah. You know, when you turn to those certain things. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's just people are more comfortable now just uh, in their own skin, admitting who they are, how they feel, yeah, which is the, the first step to being your full self. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, I got to like keep up with this uh, image I'm portraying today. Yeah. You know, how tiring, how exhausting. It's like how traumatizing. Exactly. Yeah. And then as it goes on and on, who knows what it actually does to your psyche? Mm-hmm. You know, when you've done that for years, do you even know who you are at that point? Right. So. Well said. Well said. Hell yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <I appreciate it. laughs> mm-hmm. 
Well, so we got a couple more visuals coming. Do we got a new record coming, or what's going on with that? I don't really feel like that. <laughs> I just put, you know, it's, it's, what month is this? It's July. Oh, don't break out no Eckhart Tolle over there. <laughs> Eckhart's my boy. Eckhart's oh, my boy. Let's get it. I see, um, yeah, I got both. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm tapped in, yeah. I'm Let's tapped. get it. Okay. I got her on it now. It's opening her mind. I love it. I love it. Y'all have to go. Um, so there's a 10 part podcast that is like a companion piece to um, A New Earth Uh-oh. with Oprah and um, Eckhart. And it's incredible, right? That was wonderful. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what's really funny and also great? If I would have, I read both those, I read a new. I read the, f- the first one a couple of years ago, yep. but if I would have read those, uh, like when we met, I wouldn't have ingested any of that information. I just was not ready for that information. I had that book when we met. You were not reading that. I book. wasn't. It was. It's, <laughs> it's dense. It's a lot. It's it's heavy. Yeah, and I wasn't even ready to accept that information. Yeah. I would I would have just read it like, oh, this is like whatever, you know. I read I read two two. Uh, so I finished uh, the Tao Wu last week with Riza, and then I'm reading another book. Um, uh, I'm still here. Black dignity in a white world, and I kind of like flew through those, and uh, then picked up this other book today. And I'm like, oh, this book is like asking a lot of me. Like I'm reading it like slow. Like I got to read a little bit and then like put it down. That's how I was with Power it. Now. So yeah, he's very like that. Because I would like reread sections, and then I would read a section that really resonated with me. And I would just stop reading so I could think about that shit. Yeah. Instead of just push, continuing on and being like, oh, whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love. I, records tap the fuck in. If you want to talk about I, being tapped I, in. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that just blew my mind. I'm so happy you're reading that. That always reminds me to like go back to it. It's one of those books that you just like return to. That's why I highlighted sections life. so I can go back through it and see what exactly I need to remember. Because mm-hmm. it, it sucks to say, but it's easy to forget those kind of things. The first month after I read that book, I was in such a better place. Yeah. But then you get uh, so caught up in the day-to-day motions yeah. that it kind of slips out of your mind. Definitely. So you need to like, remind yourself, like, this is where I want to be in my mind, you know? So many things are pulling you. This thing, this part of the book that I read today, and I, you know, I read it today, so forgive me, but... He talks about all of the things that pull at us, all of the distractions and, and um, you know, the importance of, like, solitude and being able to focus and have a thought and ride with it. But we have, you know, we're in a culture of things where we've, you know, split ourselves in so many ways and so many things that we got to kind of show up for. So I get it. I get it. Well, yep. you just talked about books you're reading, and I know you said you haven't really been listening to a lot of new stuff. What's been in the playlist lately? Mm. Uh, funny enough, I, Black Parade came out by Beyonce, and I listened to that one True. day, like all day. And then the next day, and probably since then, I've been listening to the beat. So I'll have a remix for that by the end of the month. Oh, Perry, him and Beyonce is a oh, fucking yeah, yeah. thing, dude. It's a fucking <laughs> thing. You'd be like, oh, I got first throw. Didn't you touch her? You touched her at the show? Oh, you touched B? <laughs> oh, my God. Damn. Don't let me pull this video out right now. I see the video. Oh, yeah. It absolutely. Happened. We'd be out having yeah, a good time. You'd be like, look you. at the video. <laughs> I'm like, I've I seen the fucking you. video. <laughs> 
I be coming. I saw, I saw that video. I post that video every year on the anniversary <laughs> of the day that Beyonce touched me. <laughs> I be coming in here ready to stuff deep dive on Beyonce shit. Kurt do not be happy. <laughs> I'm just like, oh what? Yeah, okay. No, yeah. I I I love Beyonce. So she's still on the rotation. Absolutely, of course, all the time. Um, and then uh, I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, pull up the Apple Music. Let's see what's what's been played. It's really going to look like real crazy. <laughs> oh, my shit's all over the place always. There's uh, Give Us Justice, The Sacred Souls, uh, Ungodly Hour, Chloe oh, yes. and Allie. Bruh, bruh, I tried to play this shit two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago, we came on the pod. I wanted to talk about it. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. I was, like, play, about- I was like, play the joint. I had a list. <laughs> Shit, I love to talk about Kurt just go keep well. So another news. I'm like, bro, that shit is fire, bro. I'm telling you, listen to that. Kurt don't be here. don't be giving the respect. I got Kaylani. That True. shit is fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I got some things. I'm listening to Selection. Like that never gets old. I love yeah. Joe K and Selection. Um. I listen, so if I go to my Spotify, I got this Deep House playlist that really surprised me because it's like crazy good. It's like really, really, Spotify's really good. playlist thing's really on point. Yeah. We Yo, talk about that all the time on here. Deep and Soulful House. It's a great playlist. And then I got, I love my 2000s R&B, True. This Is Brandy, yeah. X Factor Radio, <laughs> Mary X-Factor J. Blige Radio. Tired so, up, bro. Yeah. Tired up. Yeah. I feel you. So when you were like coming up, there was a that's kind of when Chicago hip hop was making more strides than before. Do you feel like you were kind of really involved where you should have been in that aspect? Mm, what do you mean? Are you talking about like like just getting like around Keith times? Like Chief Keith. It was then and before because I feel like when Beautiful Only and shit came out, that was a little bit that was before that, right? When Beautiful Only came out. Mm-hmm. I feel like you really picked up steam out in Beautiful Only, like Rookie of the Year. I did, and I remember putting that out, and I remember specifically uh, everything that was happening with Chief Keef, where he had got banned from the city, where there were these killings that were happening, and then there were little pockets of people being like comparing me to Chief Keef, and like being so upset, and not in that, I mean, clearly I'm not on... Chief Keef's level, not like that at all, right? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that that when the album came out, uh, those things were kind of happening. He had made the paper for like some violent stuff, and people weren't really understanding him or where he came from, mm-hmm. or understanding his trauma, or understanding him. they. I, mm-hmm. I felt like that was missed, and um, so. I've always been, you know, a super underground artist. I've always been super tapped into Chicago hip hop. I've always been a fan of like Chicago's always been popping in on the come up for me and, you know, I was I lived next door to Crucial Conflict and, you know, not the they didn't live together, but Cohart <laughs> lived next <laughs> Cohart had cousins that lived next to us and and uh had a co- uh had an aunt that rapped. Uh, and rapped with Twista, and so, you know, 
when I lived over by Maxwell, we knew people that were in do or die. So I always kind of had a, they were always very close to me. There was always a Chicago rapper that was close to me that I had seen. Um, but as far as like, getting picked up. Oh, and then there's, you know, Rocky Fresh and- That's my boy, I went to high school with, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then there's, that, that's so funny. The last, one of the last sessions that we had, Rocky Fresh and Hustle Simmons walked into our studio session when we were done. And uh, we just said, what's up? And, and I hadn't seen Hustle Simmons yeah, since- Yeah, I was like, shout out Hustle, man. Shout out Hustle Simmons. Those were his shows where I made my name. Uh-huh. Hustle Simmons and Dilla Man um, at the Wild here, <laughs> and uh, so I don't know. It was just a, it was a, a really a really interesting time, and a lot was happening. But I don't even you know a lot of people really ain't ready for the kind of rapper that I am even now. Right. So I don't know if they were really ready. I mean, obviously weren't. And I'm appreciating what I'm doing now. I, I know that my path is going to look a little, uh, is going to look untraditional, non-traditional. I kind of feel like you carved your own lane a little bit, you know? Had to. And, and it worked yeah. out yeah. well, you know? Yeah. That you're still doing great things. I got to ask, just again, from knowing you so well, and we're talking about Chicago, so what are your, uh, your feelings on the antics of Kanye West over the last couple of years? <laughs> I know you were fucking with Kanye back in the day a lot. <laughs> this time is really interesting. I still <laughs> love Kanye. I still love Kanye, but it's because I see Kanye in a different way and I see Kanye when people say that he's the best artist of all time, what are you what are we talking about, right? I know what we're talking about, but I don't know if everybody knows what we're talking about. Like K Kanye is the biggest performance artist of all time. Kanye is not only performing on stage, right? That is part of Kanye's act is when he, when you buy a ticket yeah. to his concert. But Kanye is forever performing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's what people don't understand for real. Like, yeah, I was like, if Kanye, I, I felt, I thought he was going to come out with an artist statement about his life. You know what I'm saying? So people could understand. But I know exactly what you're talking about. But like, he, but that would be terrible. But that would be terrible. That would be so, that would be so not Kanye. Uh -huh. Kanye is literally here. He knows art so well that he's like, you know, half of the art is the shock. Half of the art is the shock. Um, and, 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 and clearly not that it's not dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, but also in the world that we live in, microwave, you know, so disposable, how quickly we forget about everything. And the faster the world goes because of the sharing of information, you know, we get over things quickly. We dismiss things quickly. I'm not saying that this is right, uh, but being able to kind of like move through all these spaces, I just think I have an understanding about it. I know that people hate Kanye. I know that people have canceled Kanye. I think Kanye has said some extremely ignorant things. The thing that I like about Kanye is that he has, n he has not been, um, 
afraid to be the ass. He's he he's where everybody else, where a lot of artists are like that person. Uh, this is what you should be doing, or you know they're always pointing in another direction. Kanye will literally be the one that kind of like walks out and gets hit with all the things, not afraid to like be, you know, like the ass. He kind of embodies on every record. He embodies a new persona that is like breaking through a thing, even if it's him looking ridiculous, wearing, you know, a Make, a, Make America Great Again hat or saying some shit that he doesn't understand, it, it allows him to be corrected. My friend would be like, Kanye ain't that smart. He ain't think about this shit, you know? But even <laughs> if he didn't, even if he didn't, he, that's what came of it, right? So Kanye goes out, you know, la-da-da, talks, whatever, and then he talks wrong, speaks out of place and, and uninformed, and then everybody answers him. And then now there's a new standard. And now we, ha now we all have shared ideas. Now we're all caught up, right? But you need that catalyst to get a bunch of information out. And, and in the end, you probably would appreciate more that the information is out, opposed to everybody being like, well, I'm too cool to like talk on it, mm -hmm. or you know, this isn't in my interest, or whatever. Kanye is just like, something needs to be said, and even if I'm wrong, again, Kanye, you know, I could be giving him way too much credit, but but that's what happens. Oh, yeah. There's a shift. There's a actually, there's a world shift. I actually agree with everything you just said about Ye. I just don't like the music. The music. I, <laughs> lo I loved that bipolar album. Um, did, you? did you? I did oh, not like my that, God. yo. I, I tried to like it. I loved. I loved it. I loved it. I loved that album. I yeah. loved that record. I really, really, really did. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite Ye record? Oh, like a just total any any of them. Uh, I loved my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, and I also loved eight oh eights. Eight oh eights is fucking. What's great. yours? I honestly always would say, always used to say it was college dropout. But mm. if I go back and listen That's to the them corny all, answer. when I go back and listen to them all now, uh, there's only like six really good songs on that record. I would say it's probably my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Oh sure. my god, that album was <laughs> incredible. That shit, that shit is hard, but I'm I'm pulling Yeezus. That's my shit. Mm, All right, see, that was the one that I was Yeezus. that was the one that I tapped out on. I'm like, I'm for I'm, real. When he did it. that shit with the truck came through Wicker, I, I just happened to be there, and the truck came through Wicker and played the uh, Black Skinhead video. That shit was crazy. I'll never forget that shit. So see? there might just be more of a mental tie to it. No, for no, you. no, no, because I would play the shit, and then he had King Louis on there and shit. That song is. The uh, blood on the leaves. What oh, the that Nina sample? Crazy, crazy. Yeah. No, nah, yeah. I love that. You. That's only because I like all that shit. Gustavo Stein and shit. You know what mm. I'm saying? I feel like 808s really uh, opened a little bit of a new lane in music for other people. Oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. 808s is for fire. Sure. If you're going through an emotional time, you got some problems with with the, with the relationship. You got to run. Even that just the sonics of that. But they say that. I mean, like Drake, Cuddy. Yeah. All of them was birthed from that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Emotions, right? Those emotions. We go back to talking about emotions and it being okay to like 
do that in hip hop within the realm of hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. Like Kanye, Kanye did that. Kanye, like, what does it mean to wear a pink polo? What does it mm-hmm. mean to go to college and drop out? What does it mean to uh, be thinking about uh, self esteem? That's first album, Kanye. Yeah, Kanye talking about that. On his first and rappers album. were not talking yeah. about that shit. Yeah. No. Rappers are like on the shit. It doesn't matter. It's all good. Yeah. So that's yeah. the and so that, that's what we're talking about. We take it for granted. We don't like to give Kanye exactly. that credit. And Kanye a, was really the one that was just kind of like, oh, y'all didn't feel that. Even if you in the bins, you still a nigga in the cool, yeah. right? Yeah. And like even me, I would have to. I had to be like 13, 14 when that that shit resonated with me back then. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the, for the rest of my life, I'm thinking like that. You know what I'm saying? And it was and and it was missing, right? When you think about like when you think about that, when you think about this artistic kid who's only child. Right. And you've been hearing all this rap and you love your culture so much. And you're also thinking about the fact that like nobody, none of your faves are really or like they're not really talking about uh, they're not covering some of the feelings that you're having. There's there's a missing thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And you don't get mad. You could get, you know, you get mad at the culture enough to be like, I'm going to be the one to talk about all of the different things of humanity, Kanye has always shown us a, a fullness, a little bit more humanity than any other artist has, right? Yeah. Like, not curated, not, like, I'm gonna go, George Bush doesn't like black people. Like, he, he could have wrote yeah. a whole fucking speech. He could have said that way more eloquently. Actually, this is the only <laughs> thing I can bust in. Scared as hell. George Bush doesn't like black people when right mike it was myers so said next to mike like, myers was shook right <laughs> it's like oh and what else do you need to know you need to be saying you need we need to be saying things exactly like that seems like you don't like black people because this is what you do mm-hmm. right like we can have a kanye conversation but i'm, I'm ready for a kanye conversation what is a, what is a weird comp- thing to look at though is him saying that statement which was a great statement but then supporting Donald Trump, who is the epitome of not fucking with black people. Sure, absolutely. But again, performance artist. Yeah, right? that's what I was going to say. That's how. That's the only way I can look at it for real. Again, performance, performance artist. Art. Uh, you know, sometimes Kanye has... It's so funny to watch Kanye because, because even to this day, Kanye has always referenced the 48 Laws of Power and to literally watch Kanye apply the 48 Laws of Power to the President of the United States, who he could have tried some shit with, with, Pres- with President Obama, but President Obama is smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you mean all I gotta do is like fucking hand job this president and put on his hat to get in front of him and, and, and get my point across, oh, okay. Right? Like sometimes you have to let this other guy, you know, that's, that's one of the 48 laws of power is never outshine, never outshine the master. That's, 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 that's the thing that I, that I watch Kanye apply is, yeah, okay, right? But 
get ASAP out of jail. <laughs> get all these other people out of jail. <laughs> Run me that PPP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Perry was speaking on that for a lot of weeks, thinking he yeah. was just kind of playing the, playing the situation. Yeah, I mean, he's playing yeah. games. He played, Kanye plays That's the only games. way to look at it for real. That's the only way I could look at it for real. He played it very well. Kanye plays <laughs> games. Kanye like, plays all, all the games. That's the thing. That's the thing. Kanye is one of the most dangerous people in the world to me because you don't know. You know, you don't mm-hmm. know when he's... You really don't know. Kanye's playing hella games. Yeah. Well. He's good at it, though. He's great. Can't be trolled. Untrollable. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get into the future comings, you got any more questions, Barry? Uh... I think I think we good. <laughs> so uh, so what's the 2021? Because fuck 2020. What's 2021? Yeah. Kenzie bringing us. Uh that's a great question that I wish I had the answer to. I I you know, I'm committing only to continuing to make art. I'm also committing to helping others tell their stories and make art. Um, but I know. And it took me way too long to really be like, oh, you're here to make art. You've probably spent more money on art than you've made. You, you know, like you have to do this. That's really all I know is that I'll be putting myself in a position to continue to create and, uh, you know, strengthen bonds with people. I really don't know much else after that nothing else really yeah. makes sense I mean after that Shuba show I'm excited to see the next show man I can't wait till we can do that again yeah, you know it means a lot there. it means a lot to me Kurt because I know that you have high standards too and Kurt likes to be on this podcast like he was always like fucking with my shit but <laughs> no, really wasn't I mean, like that. Perry, he Perry knows, but that, but that, but that's way. fine. But that, but that's fine because you need that. You need that. You, do, you, do, you cannot just have people that uh, you know are connoisseurs of art and and listen to music, and you don't want that. You don't want that. If you're a serious art, artist, you want to earn your shit. So it feels better when it's really good. You know, yeah, it really it's just does. really good. It really does. Hell yeah. But yeah, you follow at Roy Kenzie on the gram. Follow us for sure at the face at value. Roy underscore Kenzie. Oh, don't forget on that. Yes, sir. But this that new yeah. snow. This that like Kaylani. Oh, this is Kaylani. Oh shit, my ass. Well right look, check it out, man. I'm uh, I'm gonna get that Patreon page up this week. So fuck with us, support us on there. Like you said, follow Roy, follow us on the Facebook I'm proud of y'all. This is HQ. Thank y'all for having me. Hell yeah. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, bro.